like these are all signs of this non-playable character which is kind of ours but is not um exists in an extension of our world but is very much in the digital and the physical uh, influencing us and in this near future these npcs will be able to hold digital assets and that is the big shift we're going to have essentially ai which can have an on-chain bank account and an identity card through holding reputation and and that future can go many different ways like that future can lead us down a very dark path or lead us down a very exciting uh new era of a kind of new digital species which we're going to have to learn to work and play with and so you know the brief or the quest is to build a better world with the new players in the game and that's kind of like the great online game of life welcome to ufo a podcast where artists musicians and tech creators talk about the future a place for revolutionary ideas i'm your host nick hollands and on today's show fancy instigator at radar Radar is a decentralized global collective of more than 300 researchers, early adopters, and innovators accelerating better futures. They discover and validate emerging trends powered by collective intelligence, building a foundational set of imagination platforms for a better future. We catch Radar in the right moment as they've just launched Cycle 3. Over 10 weeks and beyond, they'll be researching and cultivating our Centaur future. Quoting from the brief, In the now, the near, and the next, it's clear that we'll be living, working, playing, learning, and creating with more human-like technology than we've ever dealt with before. Drawing to mind fear-inducing scenarios that feel straight out of science fiction, while simultaneously calling on us to look more closely at what exactly makes and keeps us human. Radar is producing a collaborative foresight report that paints a picture of what lies ahead with artificial intelligence and lays the groundwork for how to bring it to life. Cycle 1 for them was Future in Sync and the Futurethon, and Cycle 2 was a more playful future and Radar launch. In this episode, we talk about discoveries that arose from these cycles, and for me as an observer, NFT collector, and appreciator of all that Radar has been doing, Their research reports are valuable food for thought, and as we publish today, exciting things are happening. Radar has just announced they are working with Kernel and Build Guild to offer $10,000 worth of prizes on Radar launch in September and October. Over eight weeks, they'll be spotlighting, running imagination workshops, and collectively voting on prizes. This comes right on the heels of a collaboration between Future Primitive and OP Games, which also offers $10,000 in funding, and their brief asks, what new tools, products, services, and ideas will we need for when AI NPCs can have an on-chain bank account and identity card? Both of these prize pools are live right now at RadarLaunch.app, and you can make your own proposal there and pitch for funds. This podcast was recorded a few weeks ago. I've been off air for a moment, moving to my new home in Amsterdam, hence the slight delay in publishing this conversation. We talk about all things radar and what they have discovered, how they work, how you can get involved, and how to pitch your projects and support ideas at the early adoption phase on launch. We wander into philosophical conversation about AI, NPCs, and a gamified multiverse of emergent futures, and how we can play together to put our energy towards the futures we'd most like to see. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors helping to put UFO on the air. First up, our friends at Zirian. UFO is a podcast that brings together the brightest builders, creators, and founders shaping the cultural side of Web3. And Zirian is the perfect wallet for these active citizens. Zirian combines every corner of Web3 in a simple and intuitive app for self-custodial humans. Discover the hottest NFT collections, track your DeFi rewards, and voting DAOs across 10 plus chains. Come along and check out their app on mobile. You can get started at zerion.io. That's Z-E-R-I-O-N dot I-O. Lens Protocol is the open source tech stack for building decentralized social media applications. It's a new era for social media in Web3. Lens isn't a social media app. It's a protocol to let Web3 social apps thrive. 
a permissionless and transparent social graph that is owned by the user. With Lens, your followers go with you to whatever application you want to use. And instead of being trapped inside the walled garden of an algorithm, Lens lets you choose the way you want to experience your social media. UFO is available on all Lens apps at ufoclub.lens. And to get started in the ecosystem, visit lens.xyz. Interface is a companion for exploring the realms of Ethereum. This mobile app makes sense of on-chain data, context, and meaning that is all over the place, gathering it together in ways that are understandable, enjoyable, surprisingly social, and actionable in terms of being on top of signals in the crypto space. Connect with people and communities you're a part of, stay updated with their on-chain footprint through activity feed and notifications, read articles on Mira, watch and listen to on-chain media all in one place. UFO episodes minted on Zora can be listened to right there in Interface. For all listeners who hold a UFO Genesis Pass and for collectors of UFO NFTs on Mira and Zora, you have unlocked points which give you early access. To download the app, visit interface.social and you can follow UFO on-chain at ufoclub.eth. The catalogue of UFO podcasts is available to mint and collect on Zora and all 36 episodes are live on Zora Network. Visit ufo.fm and click on podcast to check out the collection. To explore links for Fancy and Radar, check out the show notes at ufo.mira.xyz. Let's join in conversation starting with the origin stories of Radar, how they formed and what ideas inspired them to come together. I've always been fascinated in like the way culture changes and early adoption and emergence of new behaviors and how we kind of, you know, change the way that we we view society. And the first iteration of Radar was actually like a social app. And every day you shared things that you were looking at in the world. And the app actually connected you with someone else who was interested in the same things, but further down the rabbit hole. And this came from like an insight that you only know as much as you know, like you cannot know anymore. And it feels kind of silly, but for me, it kind of personified this idea of being an early adopter in some topics and, and not in the others. And everyone is an early adopter and innovator in something that they're passionate about. Um, and so, you know, at this kind of intersection, I was thinking, well, how do these people get rewarded? Like how do you know, people sharing these new cutting edge, interesting things get rewarded. And that's kind of where the Web3 comes in. So it was really thinking about how we can bring value back to those building, innovating at the edges and reward those early adopters in a way via reputation or revenue. Um, and this is kind of like where it where it all started because I very quickly realized that to truly build radar in the vision i wanted it to be that had to be done via community like community was the most powerful way to explore the future and you need all these different voices at that table to make the future a reality talk about the future be part of the future and so that's kind of the origins are we set up this futures community this foresight community which was a mix of professional researchers and futurists who like their job title is to think about the future and then also like builders and innovators who had no idea that there was an industry that even exists that looked like this but that's fine that's important really because you know at radar we believe that everyone's a futurist everyone who's living and building and innovating in the future and thinking about the future um is a futurist and so we were on that kind of vision of, of democratizing it, bringing these people together. Uh, and the core team kind of emerged by me instigating members in the community to begin to lead. And that's where Keely Adler and Matt Weatherall, who are other research instigators, kind of came together and brought this really unique perspective on how to understand, instigate, build the future. Um, and that's really where it all changed. Like we moved from this idea of how do we reward and change the research process into how do we actually shape the future? And that kind of led to the multiplayer futures thesis, which we released at the end of the last cycle. Um, so that's probably the, the kind of origin stories from like a single player app to a 
multiplayer movement. I think it's such an interesting approach and the insight that Radar has to kind of switch gears into, as you say, a multiplayer exploration of foresight or, you know, where is the future of this going and kind of doing it together. It's a bit of the wisdom of the crowd or enabling like researchers to work together and and all that kind of stuff. And through doing that, you know, you produce all of this collective insight, which is really interesting. And from the early days of Radar, when it was a little more theoretical because you hadn't done these multiple cycles of producing things so when it's like it's the ideas but then shifting into as you say a few key members in the community being invited to kind of lead some of these things and i'm curious about what that time kind of looked like coming from early ideas and sort of theories of like here's how this ecosystem could kind of work to actually putting things into practice for say like the first cycle and like, you know, the challenges that are known as far as like activating a community to kind of create things together and who's in charge of what, who's doing what and that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Like I I think that first cycle was amazing because we set a, a call to adventure very early and a call to adventure is like a singular brutal kind of mission that if you achieve, then like you've done it, like you can then move on to your next big adventure. And it's meant to be something designed that you couldn't do on your own as an individual. You could only do if everyone collectively aligns and works towards this thing. And by setting a call to adventure, it allowed us to split off into different working groups, to start to kind of pull on different strings, to explore different routes into the first report while all like heading towards the same direction. And I think often that's what's kind of lacking in a lot of these early stage communities is the like shared individual vision, shared singular vision, which can be very powerful um, and brings everyone kind of back to when they make an idea, share an idea or make a proposal, it can be held up against that. It's like, does it help us get closer to our call to adventure? And our call to adventure at that time was um, to discover, incubate and deliver a future Just one, like a future, because there is no singular future. The future is made up of many different optionalities and opportunities and and possibilities. And so we wanted to just close the loop on one possible future that that we could imagine together. Um, And so that was kind of where people started to gravitate towards, you know, we in the early stages, like did a lot of planning around, you know, how we define a future, how we run a super curation process, which was like, how do we collectively as a group of people decide on which future to pursue? You know, how does 200, I think, or 250 at that time, the people come together to identify different emerging signals in the community, to rate those via, um, you know, multiple events, then put them to a community vote, use a futures rubrics. And through that process, I think we learn not only about like how to work together, but also which futures were the most interesting to this group of people. And so I think, you know, everyone's going to have their own lens on what futures they believe are better. And so what we wanted to do was make sure that those groups had, you know, strong levels of diversity and thought and ethnicity and location in everything. And then at the same time, you know, we're headed towards this idea of a, a better future. So a lot of the first cycle was focused around that. It was very much like building the plane as we flew it. Um, but it was amazing because what we saw was over this 10 weeks ish of, of research, um, we, and this was for uh, the report called a future in sync we managed to like interview amazing folks. We did like sync events. We did a lot of like deep research and desk research and kind of cave sessions, which we call them where people go down rabbit holes. The server, the Discord server, which Radar kind of lives in as its HQ, like started overflowing with all of these singular journeys that people were taking all the way uh, to, you know, their own kind of explorations and then bring them back to share them with everyone. Um, And I think that's what was really exciting about the way we designed the process was it allowed for this uh, individual exploration that could then empower the collective. It it stopped that group think that we see a lot of the time when communities come together or when like small, for example, futures agencies or foresight agencies like have a 
larger framework that they have to kind of adhere to. Like what we allowed was a lot of deviation from that at the beginning. Um, and then it led us once we produced that report to the Futurathon, which was the, that was our incubate part of the journey. And we learned so much there because we basically tried to run a seven-day event, which completely reimagined the process of a hackathon. It was tried to do everything that a hackathon doesn't do to get to better ideas. So you weren't allowed to turn up with an idea you already had. You weren't allowed to turn up with a team. Um, you know, you you were you were allowed to be non-technical, which I think is huge because a lot of these are geared towards very technical people. Um, and so in that process, you know, we had talks, we had events, we had workshops. It was over seven days, so you didn't have to like quit your job or give up your whole entire weekend. It was like spread out across multiple time zones. And we were really trying to stretch this idea of like, how do you use imagination to reach the future that we've identified in that report? Um, but what we realized in that kind of first ever multiplayer moment was that, you know, we didn't realize how much energy we would generate and how much effect it would have on people in their, in their everyday life. You know, people were saying that they'd been speaking to their friends and family, that they'd been, you know, integrating this into the way they work, the, the kind of time they spend outside of work, the, their next project, their next art project, their next hobby. Um, and I think we kind of had this glimpse into how powerful it can be to give people uh, a possible future that they resonate with. And then very quickly, we realized we didn't have the infrastructure to sustain this future. You know, we'd opened the door to it. We brought all this momentum to this future, which was more in sync with ourselves, more in sync with each other, more in sync with the world. We truly believed in that future. And so did everyone part of it, you know, all 400 of us at that point uh, with the future Tom. And then it kind of just vanished. You know, the, there was nowhere else you could go. You'd got to the end of the cycle and and we were kind of like, oh, like, how do people continue doing this on? And that really led us to the way we designed cycle two and the reason why Radar Launch exists to kind of close the loop on that multiplayer moment and, and allow it to continue evolving into a more of a movement. Yeah, I've been noticing that actually via the Radar website and you can see this evolution and growth into it's becoming more of a platform and an interface that's there to surface these various projects and things coming from within the community. So I get that and kind of closing the loop and making that work ongoing. Um, I'm also curious to ask you about uh, with all of these conversations going on and this very happening community at Radar, like what are some of the topics and points of focus about the future or making predictions that the people mm -hmm. there are sort of most excited about and talking about? For sure. Yeah. I, I think what we try and explore within Radar is like this idea of cultural futures. So this is around consumer behavior. It's around kind of macro shifts that are happening. These are not trends. These are not fads. These are like bigger human needs or observations, which filter across all technology, all products, all services, all content, all media. And if you kind of zoom out and look at that level then it makes a lot of sense to build some things and not the others so you know i think in our first cycle uh the the big focus was around this idea of being out of sync with each other the world and ourselves because of the experience people had just gone through with the global pandemic because of the way that the world had been changing pushing people into isolation loneliness and so people wanted to build things which brought us out of that they wanted to build things and think about things um, which connected us with each other or, you know, tapped us in, more into the world. One of my favorite projects from that, um, that cycle or that hackathon was an app called Dream Twins. And it was this idea of you sharing what you've been dreaming about the night before and the app actually connecting you with someone who was also uh, thinking or dreaming about a similar topic and so that you could have a conversation with them and discuss. And I thought that was just really interesting about taking these very personal moments, which, you know, we have internally and, and bringing them into a more social platform um, and syncing up with, you know, a lot of other people in the world who may be having similar dreams or similar manifestations. Um, and then more recently, a more playful future, you know, the briefs we identified, which are around, Play, which are around wonder, healing, connection, uh, learning, um, 
these really personified like people wanting to build things which allow us to play more in the world um and so the topics you know are, are always around this human lens of like how do we escape singularity or being alone how do we you know kind of reach better connections with other people um how do we find solutions for the world's kind of ills through something like play which is really kind of sorely needed um so i think it's it's very much a human touch on all of these technologies you know emerging technologies ai web3 these are irrelevant if you don't understand the kind of deeper human needs for why we want those things to exist and then when you zoom out and look at those human needs for example you know it's not about building games it's about thinking about the way in which humans play and how we'll play in the future and when we think about meaningful play then it doesn't matter whether it's a social app or a dating app or a physical event you can kind of put that through the lens of play and get something really powerful yeah that's really interesting to think about as you're describing that and it's not about the technology necessarily it's about these human needs but it's interesting yeah. to think about current day web2 um you know twitter instagram tiktok stuff like that which don't seem designed for some of or a lot of those sort of deeper human needs necessarily um which is interesting, right? And I, I guess like the, the conversation around Elon and X now is, you know, or he's saying things about it's going to be the biggest financial marketplace in the world or whatever. Mm. So, so it's very that becoming more of the commercial thing. But I'm sure commercial needs like that necessarily weren't a focus in the more playful future research that Radar was doing. And it's interesting to think about like new in internet experiences and products and stuff that are more human somehow is is interesting especially with the emergence of ai right now and sort of ai yeah. chatbots into many of these products and stuff so it's kind of like it's going multiple directions at the same time and yeah and and that is the focus of our next cycle like the cycle we're just about to kick off in in uh, yeah about a week and a half it's really very much focused around um what is that future relationship between man and machine like what are the questions we should be asking what does it mean you know to have these technologies at our fingertips and how will they affect humans and what it means to be human um instead of i think a report like here's the amount of people using ai or here's gen z's thoughts on ai like this is not about that it's about those kind of deeper fundamental questions which allow us to build that next wave of infrastructure tools products apps uh, to respond to this technology and, and ensure we have a better future right because that's the whole reason radar exists is that we believe the future is multiplayer we believe we can accelerate you know adoption through multiplayer means and we want to reach a better future than one we have today um and so all of the things that people build must kind of go through that lens yeah i was like i was just in in town like getting coffee and stuff earlier today and, and there was like a time magazine there at this place that i started flipping through and reading and uh i think it was from june so there was a whole cover feature about ai and sam Altman, mm. like a photo of him like uh before congress or whatever it is uh before the senate or something um and yeah it's a, i mean it's very sci-fi isn't it you know yeah uh, right a hundred year old magazine like printing stuff about like ai and, and grappling to understand it it's like it's it's pretty it's pretty surreal like if you remember uh whatever it was three to six months ago but whenever chat gpt was really arriving and people just responding to it in very immediate individual ways it's like everyone would have their own kind of instinctive response to it either super excited by this magic machine that can just yep. output things but other people that were just like oh no is that really bad news <laughs> i feel like that was at least you know a third of people perhaps for sure I, I think as well like we we see the guardrails that have been put around this technology and we're like okay so we can use those we can we can whatever we build we can build along those guardrails and then we just like add that to different solutions that already exist in the world right so we go like okay like let's do so let's do social but let's do it with this like chatbot like let's do this and let's do it with this and so we kind of just like cookie cutter these 
ideas with this new technology, waiting to see if any of them are going to iterate on the last one and bring innovation. And I think that's one of the things which, uh, one of the things which I think Radar is trying to navigate around is like, how do we move past iteration and just fucking leapfrog into the, the future? Like, how do we imagine two, five, 10 years out? And then when we imagine it allows us kind of a portal into that world to break down the, the iteration that may lead us kind of nowhere. And then we work backwards to say, well, if we're going to get there, then what would we do today? Um, and I think that is what I'm seeing with a lot of this technology is kind of like when we discover something new, we then iterate on it versus kind of thinking far, further enough ahead to, to build something really meaningful. Yeah, so I'm really glad that Radar, like Cycle 3, is focusing in like AI research and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be really inter uh, interesting to see what is like produced through that um, and everything. I'm curious like what that sort of looked like behind the scenes in your conversations among uh, the, the team and the community and everything as far as you know we've done cycle two and like what's the process or conversation look like as far as like you know a few people being like i really think we should focus on ai that time i mean i'm, I'm interested in how that kind of like creative collaboration goes down of how you kind mm. of set an agenda and then flesh out because if i if i read um i think on mirror where you're writing about cycle three and you're kind of explaining this thing so like how does this kind of outline and thought you know, expression of the, of the thing? Like, how do you guys produce that as a group? Yeah, so the that super curation process that I mentioned, it identifies three futures a year that we want to explore. And those futures a year, like, serve different purposes. Uh, so the first one was play. The second one was always going to be Centaur, which kind of is about all technology and our relationship with, with machines. Uh, and, um, and then the last one is probably going to be belief, um which will be now rolled over into to, into 2024 and so yeah like once we've identified the kind of wider um topic then there's a few weeks of just like pure exploration the, the discovery phase um and that's done through the discord server there's forum posts that get broken out people can like i said run down rabbit holes and explore in their own ways and then kind of come back together to share those findings we have a role called the community synthesis which is super exciting um it's someone who kind of embeds themselves in the server and tries to uh analyze and discuss and instigate all different conversations with the other 300 members um around this topic and then kind of bring that back to have a discussion in in the in the core project group and we're also introducing this time um, a kind of project experimenter, which is really exciting. So they are using this technology and being influenced by the research we do, then create little hacks, uh, experiences, you know, uh, like small ideas that could then be launched into bigger things from the research. Um, and on top of that, we're also going to be on radar launch, spinning up very small briefs, which are when we're working with this technical experimenter, um, we're going to be creating small briefs that anyone can answer. So as we go along our journey, we'll be discovering things maybe in week two, maybe in week four, maybe in week eight that identify this future that, that we want to we wanna build and then sharing that with the world. As our research unfolds, they can be building that and that will actually influence the research as we do it so something that someone may create in week four we then may feature in the final report as this kind of like evolution uh, of the of the research um but it's a super collaborative project it's very divergent um we have an amazing project team uh who are six people who kind of like steer the the structure and bring it all together at the end and then of course is instigated by by keels who's our amazing research instigator and just brings these things together with such magic and kind of insight um i'm curious to ask about what the onboarding process or logic looks like for radar as far as like if someone's listening right now uh and thinking i'm all about this what's the process look like for someone to come and, and join radar and and get involved for sure so there's public and private spaces so you can apply to be a member of radar um, it is predominantly a research community 
um, or people that are curious about the future. So you could be uh, an innovator, an artist, a creative, um, but has a focus, a lens on the future, and you can come and join as well. The public area is more for people building the future. So in that part, we have what ifs, which are world building exercises. We have a weekly world building um, topic. And every week we focus on a new topic and we every day we choose a different signal or what if to discuss. And at the end of the week, we create a kind of mood board which reflects um, the world in which we're imagining 10 years out. And each one of those mood boards can even become a jumping off point for products, services, campaigns, communities that would exist and kind of flourish and, and thrive in that future. Um, so you can get involved at any level of radar. You can join to just be in the public spaces by jumping into the server, start contributing. You can apply to be a member, there's no cost. Um, and then when you're in the community, you can start contributing to signal channels. You can apply to be part of the research project. Um, and you know the way we really think about that is we want to have as many different people contributing as possible and understanding the future as possible. So that's why all of our research is open and free. You know, we don't really charge for it, which many kind of different futures explorers and consultancies do. Um, and in those public spaces, that's your kind of taste of, of radar if you want to go deeper. And then from a builder point of view, um, radar launch is really where our focus is for builders meaningfully joining the kind of ecosystem of radar. So while you have a community where People are showing up every day, contributing to this research, having conversations about the future. As a builder, that relationship should be a lot more transient. You should be able to see something that inspires you from Radar's ecosystem, from our reports, from our briefs, from our visions and go, oh my God, I'm going to go and build. I'm going to go and build and make that future reality because we want all different shapes and sizes of ideas to, you know, to, to reach that future. Um, and so that is the easiest way to get involved is like just spot something that's Radar's doing and go and build. You know, we may never even know that that inspiration came from Radar and that's okay because if it has, then that means it's working towards a better future. And that is the kind of end goal really of, of Radar and this idea of a perpetual kind of futures machine which can create and support and kind of nurture better futures. Really keen to talk about uh, radar launch because I see like the fact that you have that happening within this community that's doing all this research and in fact inspiring or informing the types of things that could be built there, which is very, very hackathon, but in a completely different uh, context or realm. But uh, Moki has a, a campaign that they've dropped on launch right now. So maybe we can like talk a little about that project and you know how it serves as an example of, you know, the kinds of ideas that are, you know, well-suited to come and drop on, on launch. For sure. So, so yeah, the reason, the reason why launch exists is because if we zoom out to the, the multiplayer futures thesis that we launched in cycle two, which was, you know, at the end of that future on the first time we realized that like all this momentum had just vanished. And we realized that like, although we'd come together for this multiplayer moment, everyone then went back to like single player mode. Like they were on their own against the world, against each other, uh, disconnected from resources, disconnected away from market, you know, effects and network effects. Um, and we believe that, you know, change happens at the speed of relationships. When people come together to believe in things and align behind things, that's when change happens. And so we were like, well, what could we build that would allow people to come together to build you know, not, not build things they all share, but support other people who are building futures that they want to be part of. And actually it was, it was a piece by um, Rex Woodbury called Cultural Liquidity, where it's, it's like the first time that you can kind of turn this unique idea of culture into something that's liquid, something that can be used to resource that culture and propagate it into reality. It means that you can kind of bootstrap culture um, and, and, and help it to flourish and thrive. And this kind of combination of memes and ownership and ideas and visions for the future and backing builders 
uh, really led us to, to radar launch because the more people that have ownership in a future that they believe in, the more citizens we have of that future, the more likely it is to become real. And that's something we've seen in crypto and people that are, you know, very Web3 native will have seen this behavior around tokens and meme tokens and, you know, communities where maximalists come, like, you know, you create maximalism through the ownership, the emotional, social, financial ownership of an asset. And so we were like, well, how can we, you know, harness that energy towards better futures? And so Radar Launch is kind of where we're exploring this next wave of online patronage and adoption. And millions of dollars are spent on Patreon and Kickstarter, and no one is building any reputation outside of those platforms by being early on them. No one's being able to say publicly, hey, I support this vision. I support this project. I care about what they're building. And at the same time, there's like millions of future makers who are held back by not having access in this kind of very narrow lens of something that's either VC ready or a public good. And so right in the middle, you know, you've got amazing early adopters that want to support things that they care about. You've got amazing builders who want to build things that kind of don't fit a cookie cutter vision of the future. And we wanted to bring them together. So on Radar Launch, um, you can submit visions which align and projects which align with Radar's wider future. So the current projects we're taking on the platform are for a more playful future. Everything that should be submitted should be widely, you know, acknowledging that if this thing was built and succeeds, the future will become more playful. And we want to make it like the home for the most innovative projects in that future. Like Matt calls it the, the front page of the future. Um, and so, you know, to make the future reality, we need projects of all shapes and sizes. And Mochi is just such an amazing representation of a more playful future, like not only through what they're building, what have they have been building, which is, you know, the daily task, the opportunity to kind of like take accountability and, and complete things and achieve challenges together, but what they want to build, which is this kind of open source community trained AI, um, which is trained on the nuances of like playing games. That's like at the perfect intersection of the kind of future around AI that would be more playful. Um, and so if you're a project that wants to launch on Radar, you know, it's about having that intersection of building something that's true to yourself, like building something that, 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 that you believe in, a future that you want to be part of, while at the same time, you know, having that lens at the moment of play on it. And every cycle, obviously, we open up a new area of focus that you could launch ideas on launch with. So currently now it's play, but the next one, it will be around a central future and so on, so on. And really... You know, because these are bigger human observations, it can be anything that you want to launch on there. Um, you know, campaigns, it could be media, it could be um, communities. It doesn't have to be kind of something like Product Hunt where it's all software or something like, you know, Kickstarter where a lot of it is kind of objects and and things like that. Yeah, I'm on like the Moki um like campaign right now and having a look like on radar launch dot app and so it's interesting when i'm here i can i believe like collect this piece of media or am i collecting the actual the campaign like the brief uh or am i collecting like the video that's here as an nft or something yeah you're collecting their project so you're saying like hey i was here i support this project at this time and what i love is that like they can continually drop projects along their journey into a more playful future and you can continually show that you want to be part of that future by collecting them and as you collect them you know you'll see some tags there on the site that say kind of coordination ai crypto what you're actually collecting as well as saying hey i support this project is you're collecting a better future in these topics and i we call that a proof of future but it's something as the platform unfolds hopefully it'll become a really powerful tool for being able to signal reputation around the futures you believe in um, and, and when you kind of believed in them. Yeah, cool. I'm into that. And like, yeah, here on this, like the project itself, as we say, you can collect it. 
uh, but then it's also got like you know sign up or contribute yep. or uh, uh, projects can um, communicate the benefits of joint. So it's very neat for like community formation as well. Um, as far as making things super clear, which is always like a good way to start out to help people understand like, here's what we're doing and here's how you can engage or contribute to this if you want to. Um, sure. It's also interesting that you're noting the kind of, you're creating this like reputation uh, within the space of the kinds of things that you're into, which is very Web3 social and all that. Um, but I also feel like launch itself, and you've kind of touched on it a little, it's like, um, it does remind of, the benefits of like Gitcoin, for instance, but they're like very public funding, um, uh, kind of uh, sorry, public goods funding kind of focused. Um, but this series of drops that are coming out as well uh, reminds me of Meta Label as well, and like yeah. the recent zines and all this that they're doing. So it's kind of got this like collective drop Meta Label aspect to it as well, which I really appreciate. Yeah, and these first drops are curated by a partner. So every month we have a different partner and the partner is the first person to kind of put put some money into the project and say like, hey, I believe in this project. Um, and by doing that, you know, it's it's about having a vision that they share as well in, in a more playful future. Um, and in, you know, the evolutions of the, the platform is, you know, now there's drops, then it will be open to all. Um, then the the kind of, funding pools will be open to all um so it, it really does have like a journey that it's going on but obviously we want to test this assumption that that we hope you know stands that people want to be part of the future they want to support projects building futures they believe in um and through kind of doing these drops we're we're testing that and we've got some really exciting ones um coming up over the next few weeks everything from more playful social um to more playful film creation and more playful music creation so it's like a, a wide kind of spread across um culture over over the next month uh that's really cool oh yeah so going going in on this a little bit more as well talking about these like partnered briefs and and funding pools and stuff like that which is a you know another cool aspect to this um and so as you say like various partners come in they're putting some budget behind a thing like yeah we'd love to see kind of like a hackathon kind of like yeah. we're going to sponsor this we'd love to see people build uh in this area and so you have one that's coming live you can uh, share the date i assume with op games and our friends future primitive we've had yeah. near um we've had sorry uh jaden windle and benny jang on the show before um but yeah, so maybe we uh, can we touch on this as like an example of one of these, I guess, uh, funding pools or briefs from like some partners who are who are, um, for sure coming together on it. Yeah, yeah, like crazy excited about this this brief coming out because so so the the partner pools and the funding pools and partner briefs are like designed to create like a really actionable call to adventure around new concepts on new technologies that the partner wants to propagate so the partner has a vision in its head it's got a meme it wants to share it it wants more builders to align with that meme and so we work with them over about a month to prepare a a brief which is like a a 10 page kind of document exploring like a, a really easily digestible um insight and then four to five what ifs and those what ifs are kind of designed to force us out of thinking of the obvious solutions. They're designed to borrow from adjacent industries. They're designed to challenge conceptions. So the you know the ones we're currently working on, which I, I, I love because it's a future that I've gone down this rabbit hole now and I can't unsee it, is the future of uh, non-playable characters and 6551s. So you've got a concept which is very much merging you know um, expanding out of gaming into the real world and you've got a new technology which is like empowering the next wave and so our thought is well if you build at that intersection of this new concept this new technology and the macro shift of play then you're going to create something really powerful that people want and people want to be part of and so on the platform when that brief goes live on the uh, on the 11th, people will be able to submit their ideas um, to it. And then after a couple of weeks, the partners will start to distribute the funding on the platform via it to those projects. 
And what's exciting is unlike a traditional hackathon where it's like, hey, top prize gets a thousand and next prize gets whatever. Um, in this format, you can spread that uh, funding pool over as many projects as you want. And so you're trying to create like momentum because often what we see in hackathons is like people build things and then that energy dissipates and the money doesn't isn't enough. And so then the, they move on to something else and they kind of build things specifically for that hackathon, right? To, 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 to win. And so what we wanted to do was be able to create this kind of decentralized hackathon, this platform where the public can step in and be like, oh my God, I love this project too. I want to support this project. The partners can come in and say, we also love this project. And that momentum can keep going because the projects within this kind of hackathon, the people submitting to it, are now getting far more momentum than just kind of in that narrow two-day uh, event. And so this was definitely the, the kind of expansion from everything we learned from that that future thought where, um, where, where we kind of struggled. And I think the what-ifs are really fun because like, for example, one of the what-ifs we're, we're looking at for this brief is is um what if mpcs represented the next evolution of online identity so that's like the the header one and then underneath that is three different what ifs which explore three different routes in and underneath that is about four to five different case studies of references um of people who are either doing this in in, a, in an adjacent way or ideas that you could steal from people who are doing wildly different things but if you applied it to this, what if, you'll get something really magical. So it's like really forcing kind of very te mostly technical builders in this sense to challenge their ideas of like, well, we know that ERC 6551s do X, Y, and Z. So now we can only apply them to different topics by giving them the qualities of X, Y, and Z. And we want to try and go, no, like this technology is just a technology. Like, look towards the human behaviors, look towards the the idea of authenticity and identity, and then just use this technology as a as a medium um, to communicate that in a better way. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to ask on on something that you mentioned there. Like, what is your concept or understanding of NPCs as a thing that? that feels like a thing that's permeating culture more and more mm. uh, and this whole notion and I think it's a, a mimetic thing on the internet now of like filming someone on the street and be like you're acting like an NPC or, yeah. or whatever um, yeah I'm curious to kind of tug on that string a little bit and like what's your kind of feeling of in that space and then how that relates to uh, 6551 and stuff like that and you know gaming and, and these kinds of things like what what do we mean when yeah. we think about NPCs it's great because this is coming out on the day that this brief goes live. So I'm not even giving anyone too much alpha. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I think the big shift is that the future of gaming is already NPCs with AI. And we're seeing that through kind of different studios, six, like 61% of studios intend to experiment with AI NPCs. So what we're going to have in this, in this game-like experience is a very human-like interaction. And outside of gaming, we're also getting used to living with non-playable characters. For example, like AI influencers, you know, replica relationships, um, this new TikTok trend of kind of NPC behavior and virtual gifting, uh, even so far as like chat, GTP, like writing your um, nutritional weekly intake or, or planning your gym routine. Like these are all signs of this non-playable character which is kind of ours but is not um exists in an extension of our world but is very much in the digital and the physical uh influencing us and in this near future these npcs will be able to hold digital assets and that is the big shift we're going to have essentially ai which can have an on-chain bank account and an identity card through holding reputation and and that future can go many different ways. Like that future can lead us down a very dark path or lead us down a very exciting uh, new era of a kind of new digital species, which we're going to have to learn to work and play with. And so, you know, the brief or the quest is to build a better world with the new players in the game. And that's kind of like the great online game of life. Um, and so that's the kind of like jumping off point from from this brief um everything from relationships so like how can npcs create better relationships 
to identity, which I mentioned, to in-game. So gaming, like if, if you know, we're going to live with this, this world in games, like what does that mean? And then finally, like from an economic point of view, um, what does this mean to have a complete kind of merging in our minds of, of physical and digital worlds and a blur of what it means to be human? And, and all of this we're going to be exploring further in our Centaur Future Brief as well, because obviously this comes through a very player lens of gaming, which is why there's the kind of NPC, non-playable character um, meme propagating through it. Uh, but I think, you know, f- for me, that's the kind of biggest insight is these digital autonomous semi-autonomous programmed things are gonna be able to hold and store assets and they will become an extension of ourselves and our identities and we will be able to you know engage with them personally and collectively and for other peoples uh, in ways that feel very human yeah there's so many things coming up philosophically um like things that are coming to mind uh, as you're talking about these things. It's like, I remember even like years ago, they would talk about, well, we're to whatever extent, we're already kind of cyborgs, yeah. right? Like even when we're carrying smartphones and so I have like wizard level abilities of like, uh, you know, a map or instantly communicate anywhere or capture a visual or record sound or uh, all these kinds of really far out abilities that we now have in the game. Um, of life or whatever and it's very zeitgeisty there's like constant movies about these kinds of things and like it's a long time since the matrix itself yeah. but but something coming to mind when you're talking about npcs i saw a weeks ago i think it was reporting about like the sort of the open world the matrix video game now that has some light ai in the npcs mm. i think i'm yeah. right about this right yeah and so replica. it's like yeah, so someone made a piece of content going up to these NPCs in the Matrix game and telling them that they're not real and they live in a video game world. And this character is reacting as a kind of, um, you know, a language learning model or whatever. It's kind of reacting to this and be like, oh no, that's bad. What does that mean? The guy's <laughs> like, well, yeah, w- when I switch off the game, you'll cease to exist. And and this And then that makes me think, okay, so we have to whatever extent, increasingly aware, or at least from our human perception, like more and more intuitively aware and the blurring of that line. But now we're going to have like young kids, teenagers, like playing future GTA where they're like killing sentient beings. Like, is that what's going on? Or are we going to be like, oh, hold on. No, we can't do that uh, anymore. We may have created a, a, a slightly arresting simulation at this point. Mm-hmm. And now we need to think about digital rights of as you noted very casually a new digital species that may be on the planet and i think what's interesting is like where you said um yeah we're going to switch that off you know we switch you off your cease to exist and i think what this what this new on-chain era of npcs brings is the autonomy to continue to exist without us and we're seeing this uh, manifest in, you know, in passive gaming and, and various things like this. But like when you create or when this NPC gets generated, it will be able to do things without you being present. Um, and that would be Isn't really that the thing we're well. terrified of though? Isn't it when the machines don't need us to exist? Um, it gets a little, uh, you know, it gets a little Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, there's there's a there's definitely a that's why I said there's definitely a dark road here. But I think this is sure. why these briefs are important, right? Because people are getting hold of these technologies. They are building them in the way that's um, been kind of outlined as like, hey, X does Y, so you can you can just build all the things with X doing Y. And I think that iteration is what that that iteration stops us from thinking really far out. And so I think that's what you know the briefs are designed to do and designed to challenge. Um, and it's going to be a really interesting future for, for sure. And I, I think that's why I'm really excited about these partners, particularly who we're exploring this brief with, because they are absolutely the right side of this discussion and want to be part of a meaningful discussion. Um, so yeah, shout out to OP Games and Future Primitive for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, something else that was come to mind before when you know I was thinking of that Matrix game and NPCs and stuff, but something that you kind of mentioned as well of sort of autonomous 
um, you know, machines in the world kind of becoming. And mm-hmm. so I remember having a conversation like a while ago, a couple of years or more ago, whenever it was, but talking about um, autonomous vehicles being able to, you know, make drops and, and whatever, and they earn crypto to their wallet. They take yeah. themselves to refuel. And, and so they become these like, you know, aut- well, autonomous, but existent um sort of beings in the world which is super interesting it makes me think of the fifth element to an extent when um bruce willis is driving the car that deducts points off his license and won't let him drive (laughs) and and stuff like that right except the cars are fully fully autonomous and of course like the movie her as well always comes to mind uh and those sorts of um was a big uh, reference companions or whatever Yeah. yeah Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited to see what people build, to be honest, and how people take this brief and and the ways they go with it. Um, And, you know, what we're interested in is like, they don't have to be huge things. Like this doesn't have to be like a fully blown, massive thing. Like this can be small hacks and experiments and discoveries. And, And when you launch on Radar Launch, what you're saying is like, I've started building this thing. I think there's something really interesting there. And, you know, here's my prototype, here's my MVP, or here's my full-blown project. Like, I want you guys to come along with me on that journey and see where we go or what we're doing um, and and kind of be patron to that. And I think hopefully in that way, we'll see more projects having that diversity of thought where they become better as, as they grow versus kind of the rabbit holes that we're used to when we build, which is like, kind of singular and you know and, and sometimes that can lead to these these worst futures that we actually don't want to live in don't want to be part of yeah i agree uh, super interesting to see uh what emerges from this like focus into the ai side um i saw a post on reddit maybe a week or two ago and just coming to mind of of someone saying basically they've been using chat gpt secretly in their job for a while and they were like new in this job i think they're a developer or something and they're like i've become known as the wizard because they can throw anything at me like something that other people in the department like can't figure out and they just and it's just like i just keep putting in the chat gpt and hand it back and everything do you know what i mean like the fact that ai is effectively doing a lot at that company but the other people don't know and then the the person that you know the op um who who posted it uh was basically saying i feel guilty about this and i'm really concerned about getting found out at some point mm. <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know how i'm going to shake it off but i'm reading that like well you're being resourceful though like you are solving yeah you, you're solving those problems this, if other people can't figure out to do that like you're still you know they'll, they'll be the last people to be faced out yeah and 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 this is the the co-pilot thing that we're we've you know is identified in this brief as well like and will be identified in our research is like yeah, what does it mean to co-pilot with this technology? Like, how does it extend our abilities? Just like, you know, you said right at the beginning that we're walking around with phones in our hands that can do X, Y, Z. So I think that the behavior in a way is nothing new. I think it's just being really pushed to the edges of of our comfortability. And it was a great quote from from Benny where he basically said, because we did, we did a bunch of interviews um, with a ton of different folks for this brief um, from like light novel researchers and like how NPCs show up in like Asian media to philosophers. And, and, and one quote from, from Benny was like, um, was, was basically like NPCs are moving out of games are making this concept like legal in a way, like it's making us, aware of this and like be okay with it it's like kind of like easing into this acceptable human-like technology where previously it's been kept very much on on the fringes of what's acceptable and what's a bit weird do you know what i mean um yeah so i'm excited about i'm excited about that or if it you know we'll see when the briefs start when the projects start coming in kind of if we've hit the right uh <laughs> the right like level of humanness to them I, I think it's a total mind blower, like this this area and and things to think about. Um, I, I'm interested to to bounce this off you as well and and kind of get your feelings about it. Um, but it, it feels like a common discourse around ChatGPT or AI in general is like 
in the 50s or whatever, they promised us that, or the, the meme was that technology was always going to make life better. And at some point mm. in the future, all the work would just be done by machines and the rest of us can go outside in the fields and uh, just enjoy life and just be or whatever. But now it's come to the point where it's like, well, no, you're going to keep doing your uh, job of drudgery and all the creative things and the films and the music and all that and art is all going to be created by, by AI. So I'm finding that like an interesting <laughs> narrative that's kind of here at the moment of just like, that's I don't know, like all the creative tasks will be done by this. And indeed, there's this huge fight in Hollywood right now yes. where, you know, where apparently the movie studios want to capture background artists, extras, capture their likeness and the stars as well and replicate them as much as they want in the backgrounds of films for the rest of the rest of time, which is crazy. I mean, it makes sense, but it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the licensing around IP and likeness of these NPCs is, is going to be really interesting. Like um, we, as one of the case studies in, in the brief, we referenced a, um, like a, an agency built a VR experience for elderly people with dementia. And they look through this experience. They basically are transported back to the Jubilee um, in the UK, where they look around and it reminds them of, of memories that, that, you know, make them joy, give them joy and bring them happiness. And like one of the ideas is like, oh, well, we could create any simulation for any point in history using NPCs and they could be autonomous and they could speak to you and you can go through that. And wouldn't that be amazing for, you know, elderly people who are spend a lot of time alone or are isolated? Like what is going, what could we go and build? And then the right. obviously, yeah, like we said, the other flip side of that is like for that agency to to construct that singular experience it costs a ton of money, energy, time, a ton of actors were employed. You know, uh, it took probably a couple of days. There was a whole film crew. Like all of that craftsmanship um, is definitely a, a, ch a challenge that we have to be aware of, of like, yes, we're empowering in some ways. And, and two, we're removing this, you know, this 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 level of execution from, from human beings. Um, so I've also seen that kind of meme and, and exploring around it. And I think the there's a lot of, projects which i find very interesting where people are you know filming themselves and then turning themselves into you know ai avatars and npcs which can you know appear in any piece of content um any piece of media and i think that future is really interesting for how everyday people consume media um and the the physics of media and how how they will change as well um so I think that there'll be ways to augment our creativity and there'll also be challenges to it. And I, I know Radar is so excited to get into the, they're like it, There's already a channel that's like secretly emerged before the research even started, which has got about 300 signals in it already from people who just like, I can't sit on this bookmark, this, these bookmarks for any longer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one for sure. Yeah, it's exciting, man. What what a wild, wild time. And, you know, what you're describing, like, uh, years ago, I remember having this notion of, like, in my older age, like, technology would advance to the extent that, like, immersive virtual experiences were kind of, like, you could bank on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like that is kind of, uh, that's catching up. That's all super interesting, what can be done there, and, like, you know, who's designing... Yeah who's designing those experiences and stories and all that kind of thing. Like it's a total, like, is it, is it the future we want? Like that's what there's a channel in radar called like the futures we don't want. Right. And <laughs> sometimes something will be posted and it's like, interesting. you could so imagine that being posted. Like it's posted somewhere else in the server, but you're like, that's probably being the futures we don't want. Like if we think hard enough about it. Um, and I think that, like you said, that whoever designs these, whoever builds these, um has a lot of control in the way that we will interact with them so it's important that it's people it's it's like us right it's important there's people listening to this podcast it's important that people that are thinking deeply about the future and, and wanting to build the future in a, in a meaningful way build a better future um than the alternative which i don't know is what but like yeah Thank you so much for, for coming on UFO. I've super enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to be thinking about it a lot, I think, over and it's probably going to influence a few of the next few episodes that we're doing as well and kind of what's on our mind here. So I appreciate all of that. And I'm looking forward to what's going to emerge now uh, from Radar and Cycle 3 and, and all of this. But um, I'd love to throw to you, kind of do the, the Hot Ones YouTube thing of mm. kind of like, let us know what you got going on. 
um you know where what should people pay attention to because radar has sort of multiple drops and things that are happening right now as we release this episode yes uh so we have released our first drop um we're doing weekly drops in august uh, our next drop is on the 14th so on monday today we're going live with our first ever partner brief there's a 10k funding pool to go and build a better future around ai uh and uh npcs and 6551s and play um on the we're also running our centaur future uh fundraising at the moment so you can support our next evolution of research and collect an awesome uh nft created by domingo um and each time you collect a different nft as a form of patronage for radar it kind of can be merged together um, to build your kind of reputation as as a future backer. Um, we also are working, actually that's, that's I'm going to stop there because there's there's too many other things. So stay <laughs> tuned for more updates basically. Yeah, amazing. And, um, and for people that are kind of, you know, keen to potentially also get involved with Radar or join the community and, and or just follow along with what you're doing, where are they best to go uh, online? Where is like a uh, key website or socials and stuff? So if you just head to radardow.xyz, um, everything is on there linked out. So you can get to the Twitter, you can get to the mirror, you can get to Radar Launch. Um, you can apply to the community, um, which I said you can join. There's a, there's a public area um, and you can apply to be part of our collective, which is our agency consulting, consulting arm as well. Um, so that is the hub to head to. Thank you again to Fancy for coming on UFO. Links to radar projects and resources are in the show notes at ufo.mira.xyz. Thanks to our sponsors who made this episode possible. To get started with Zerian and create your new crypto wallet, head to zerian.io. To join the Lens ecosystem and explore the future of Web3 Social, head to lens.xyz. To explore Ethereum with Interface, download the app at interface.social. This is Nick Hollins signing off from UFO.